0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now.
1: Many of you may know or may not know that it was about 16 years ago that we were sent out, if you will, Uh, to plant this church from another church called Calvary Chapel Rio Rancho, New Mexico, okay? They had a big gathering, they laid hands on us, and they said, go forth and be fruitful. Go to Lubbock, young man, you know, and so... And so Robert Hall, Pastor Robert Hall, was the sending pastor. He was the one who laid hands on this, and I'll never forget. We were we had been here about a year or so, and we were struggling through sometimes like everybody does, you know. We're like, oh, did you really call us here or not? And and my wife and I had met with Robert and his wife, and and what had happened is he just I remember his words to me. He said, Ben, listen. He said, um, when things get tough, and they will, he says, I want you to hang in there. I want you to hang on. Like that, like that grip of a pit bull. You know, when a pit bull gets on you, he says, you need to hang on like that. And I remember looking at him like, wow, okay. And, and I've just, I've, I've just never forgot that. He says, I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to give up. Well, here we are, 16 years later, and, uh, Captain Obvious, if you will, is that things are tough. Oh, don't get me wrong. Don't 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 misunderstand me. Things are not tough for the church. I mean, I mean, we we still have a building. God has been so good to us. You guys have been so amazing. But I'm just talking about people in general. Things are just just a tough season. It's a uh, you guys can kind of see the shift in the American people where. Half of the world is going, oh, stay home, save lives. And the other half is going, we need to get back to it. And so there's this big shift. And so we're just kind of wondering what's going next. And and what people are trying to do, you've heard me say this over and over, they're trying to navigate through unprecedented times. Let me say this. As I was having my weekly quiet time, my daily quiet time, just listening to the Lord, here's, here's what here's what kept coming to my heart. He says... Things are tough, he says, but we'll make it through. Things are tough, but we'll make it through. And then he reminded me that my God has never, what? He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. You know what I'm saying? And then I thought, man, okay, so so, so in these times, I'm thinking God has never left you nor forsaken you. And that's a big shout for an amen right there. You go, amen, because we really feel that. Remember, too, he is the prince of peace in the midst of a storm. We have to remember who he is. We have to remember how big our God is. And I'll never forget this man when we when we start thinking about how God how big God is. You think about uh, a, a little boy and his dad were walking, and he asked him like he's looking up in the sky. He sees this airplane flying just way high. He goes he goes he goes uh, Dad, how big is God? And he says, Son, you see that airplane? He goes, Yeah. How big do you? He goes, Dad, that airplane's really small. It's way up there. And he got him in the car and he took him to the airport and he showed him that actual airplane. He goes, Dad, that airplane's really big. You see, it's based upon perspective, and I think sometimes when, when, we're, when we're trying to navigate through this, we go, man, our God, is he even listening? But when we see how big he really is, he is a God who is the prince of peace in the midst of a storm. Now, think about this, okay? Think about this. I'm, I'm just fired up about this. Why? Because we need to understand that peace is not the absence of storms. Okay, that, I mean, we're going to have them. The Bible says the rain is going to fall on the just and the unjust. And so we go, okay, so we know there's going to be storms, but it's God's presence in the midst of the storm. Think about Paul. what Paul wrote to the Philippian church. Think about what he said in chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. He tells us in the midst of the storm, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. I'm just like, yeah, okay? And then he says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Wow, okay? So what's the first thing we should do? Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Why? Because <sighs> we can still breathe. We still have oxygen. <sighs> Things are good. Okay, okay, we're still alive. Pastor Soph said this a, a, a couple of Wednesdays ago. Goes, as long as you're alive, there's still hope. And so we're alive, okay. And then he says, He says, let your gentleness, you you listen to me, church, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And then he says, be anxious for nothing, okay, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, he says, let your requests be made known to God. So be anxious for nothing. Let me just give it to you in, 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 in just our kind of vocabulary. He says, don't worry. Don't worry. Huh? Don't worry. You guys remember that song? Don't worry, be happy. Right? Do you remember? That's not what Paul's saying. But what he is saying is don't worry, be holy. Don't worry, be holy. Right? Because, because I, listen, let, let's speak truth. In a time like this, it's hard for you to go, I'm happy. I'm happy. Things are just, but we need to be holy. So what should we do? He says, listen to me. Listen. He said, with thanksgiving, guys, he says, Oh, wait, let's go back. He says, be anxious. Don't worry. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What, what, what are the, what's the two areas that he wants us to, 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 to guard? Our hearts and our minds. Okay, we're going to have that peace. We're going to have that peace. Remember, guys, think about this. Peace is not the absence of storms, but the presence of God in the midst of the storms. I was talking to my wife the other day, and, and her heart really is saying, you know what, we this we need to come back to God. We need to come back to God. And she looked at me, and she goes, you know, tomorrow morning, she was talking about Saturday, she goes, tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, the, the, the soccer fields are going to be empty, the baseball fields, the football fields, he said, we need to come back to God. Not that she's opposed to those things, but the thing about it is that let's, let's, let's take this time to come back to God, and let's not put anything above God. Well, the other day, speaking of Pastor Robert, he was the one who laid hands on us and sent us out here 16 years ago. The other day, I actually received an email from Pastor Robert I thought was very interesting. Okay. Because when Pastor Robert laid hands on us, man he he sort of stayed in contact for a few years, and of course, you know how it goes he's doing his church, and we 're over here doing ours, but I got an email I found it was interesting now he, here's the email I believe his this email actually pertains to what Paul is going to teach us today. You go, really, how so? as a matter of fact, when I received it, I actually posted on Facebook. Okay. And, uh, what I want to do is just take a moment because I really believe it illustrates what Paul wants to teach us. This is the, e- this is the email that he wrote to me. Okay. Wise words from a senior pastor. Let me read it to you. Okay. He says, quote, the Lord has been speaking to me about the coming stimulus package and the $1,200 per person that we are eventually to receive or evidently to receive is what he said, okay? So he's talking about the stimulus. Now, some of you have received it. Others are still waiting, okay? But he wrote this before. He said this, for many of us, this money will be desperately needed. Now, I underlined that for me because I get that. I get there's a lot of people going, are you kidding me, Ben? I need that. That's barely gonna bring me back up to my head just above water. I I understand that. It's desperate. And, And for some, he wrote, It won't be enough. He says, for others, though, we, he says, for others of us, though, we really don't need it, quote unquote. It's extra money. And then he said this. I would like to ask those of you who really don't need this money to pray and consider gifting it to your church for several reasons. He said, number one, to worship the Lord by giving to his work. And I thought, isn't that true? Because giving, guys, is worship. Giving is worship. And he says, okay, so let's worship the Lord. Now, now remember, I'm sharing a letter, okay, I'm sharing a letter. But he's saying those of you who need it, Amen. Use it, pay your bills. Okay. Those of you who don't have enough, listen, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the message. But for those of us who go, man, I this is just like extra money. This is like, wow. He said, worship the Lord. Secondly, it says to help keep the churches open and allow pastors and staff to continue to serve us. That's a good reason. And then lastly, he wrote in Acts chapter four and five, to give the church the extra money to be to be able to help those who are or will be in desperate need. Then he writes this, it's, it's the job of our pastors and elders to be guided by the Lord to help those in need, but we must have the funds to be able to fulfill our their mission. Thank you for praying and asking the Lord if this is his will for you. And he signed Robert Hall. Found that very interesting. Why? Because again, I share this story Guys, not because I'm gonna stop right here and take an offering. Okay? You go, Ben, it, i I thought, isn't it ironic, right? We're doing an online church and I mean I could look at the handful of people we have here and go, okay, we're gonna pass a plate. And uh, you know, we're gonna see if we can and, and it'd be silly, but the scripture talks about this, and and what we're gonna talk about, guys, is 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 I, I shared that letter because I believe it illustrates with practical application. What Paul is going to teach us, teach us. Now, chapter 16 is where we should be. If you're taking note, let me give you a synopsis of the chapter. Because the first thing I want to remind you is that Paul isn't done with his letter to the Corinthians, and he decides to take an offering. He's still addressing some questions, okay? He's still addressing some questions concerning some problems in the church, now, I want to remind you, okay, because, because as, as we look forward, guys, we're going we're gonna to move into 2 Corinthians, and, and the church is still a mess. So the church at Corinth is still, still a mess. You go, what were they? Do you guys remember that they were very carnal? This church was very carnal. This church was self-centered, I mean, self-seeking, and, 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 and above all, they thought they knew it all. They thought they knew it all, right? And then in 2 Corinthians, there are actually some people who were opposing the Apostle Paul by the way he looked or by the way he actually uh, communicated the word of God. But you'll have to tune in or be here when we get into that area. But the church was a mess. So what Paul does is, he says, okay, so listen, uh, I need to address the church in chapter 16, And basically, the synopsis is money, plans, he's going to talk about future plans, and people. That's really all of chapter 13, okay? So today, we're going to talk about money. Next week, we'll come back, we'll talk about plans and people, okay? So that's what we're going to talk about. Now, just to bring you up to speed... Okay, just to bring you up to speed, remember, Paul has dealt with five major issues. Pastor Ben, you keep bringing that up. It's exactly why. Because one day I might walk up to you and go, hey, what were the five reasons that Paul wrote the letter to the first Corinthians? I don't want the deer in the headlights look. I want you to go, oh, let me tell you. Here they were. In chapters one through four, we discovered that there were divisions in the church. Okay, Paul, they're they're writing to Paul, Paul, there's divisions. And he goes, What's going on? He said, there, there, there are people who go, Man, I'm I'm of Apollos, well, I'm of Peter, well, I'm of I'm of you know and and of Cephas, and I'm of Jesus, and I'm of this guy. And basically they were dividing the church. And it wasn't that, that this pastor was more eloquent or, or we like this guy better. They were starting to divide. Hey, don't listen to him, come to my church. And so Paul says, No, 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 there shouldn't be divisions. Matter of fact, God doesn't like divisions in the church. He wants us to be unified. Paul dealt with that first major, first major problem. Second, if you recall, because this church was a mess, in chapters 5 through 7, Paul had to, to address some problems related to sex and to even those who are single and those who are married. He talks about this. This church was so messed up, guys, that one guy in the church was actually sleeping with his stepmom, most people believe, and, and, and coming to church and bragging about it. And the elders are like, hey, all right. Now Paul's like, no, it's wrong. You guys are in the flesh. And so Paul deals with that. We talked all about that. In chapters 8 through 10, they brought up the issue of food. And it wasn't that, oh, do you like food? Paul should. We eat food. It's the food that we're offered to idols. And remember what Paul does. His mindset is he says, people matter. And he looks at him. He says, guys, you're free to and you're free not to. Let's make sure that we put people first. If it's going to cost somebody to stumble, don't eat it. And we took that beautiful principle and we played it in our heart because we got to remember that people matter. People matter to God. And yes, we're free in Jesus, amen? We're free to to live, but we're also free to make sure that that I don't want to cause my brother to stumble. So important to keep looking in your heart, guys, and he talked about that. And then he goes, okay, let me give you the the fourth. He says, now, there were some problems in their weekly worship as they gathered together. Paul says, man, you got some issues in in your weekly worship. They started to they started to class a little bit. They started to go the rich people started coming in and eating all the food and when the poor people came to service there wasn't any food left and then, and one guy showed up to church drunk in communion. I mean it was just all kinds of stuff. Paul says, no, "No, no, I need to deal with that. This is how let me give you the rightful order of how how we should worship the Lord. This is this is how we should gather together." And they were talking about tongues and this guy standing up and it was Paul says, "Let's deal with that." And then and then the last the last problem Paul addresses, guys, was in chapter 15, and it was the issue of Jesus' resurrection. Not only Jesus' resurrection and the belief in that, but ours as well. And he says, man, you've got to have hope because you you, you got saved believing that Jesus died, was buried, and, and rose again, and now you're going, no, you don't believe that. Where's your foundation? Because if you don't believe that, you really don't have any hope. And I'll tell you what it did for me. All of chapter 15 did for me, guys, it just brought such peace in my life because I know that if I take my final breath on earth, that doesn't mean the end of me. God's going to somehow, he's going to resurrect me in a brand new body. It's going to be amazing. So I don't have to fear death. I have to worry. I said, okay. So what should I do? When you don't fear death, guys, then you can live to your fullest potential for the Lord. When you don't fear, hey, listen, we all have an expiration date. Until then, live. Live for God. You know, what does that mean? Should I go out and be a missionary? No, here's what it means. You ready? Here's just a practical thing. Just love the moment you're in with your kids. Love the moment. You guys, you're tracking with me. Love that. You're not going to get very many of those moments. Just love that moment. Hug your wife a little bit longer. Don't, I sound like a commercial, right? Just kiss a little longer, you know. But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, guys, we have hope. We have. Hope. I mean, enjoy the moment, enjoy life. Listen, they can't keep us down. They can't. They can tell us to stay six feet away. It ain't happening. I mean, we're going to do our best so nobody gets sick. Amen. But man, we are. We are. Um, we are affectionate. We are. We are brother. Man, we need bro hugs. Okay. We need bro hugs. We need, we, this is how God created us. This is who we are. And so they can't keep us down, right? Um, I don't know what we'd have to look like, Jesse, to, to hug each other, we'd maybe suits or something. But nonetheless, that's what God's going to do. So Paul deals with that. Paul deals with that. These are five major problems, okay? These were like, these were like psh, home run major problems in the church that Paul addressed but listen it seems like that there were some minor issues too okay that paul has to address there's some okay it's not it's not over the fence kind of issue it's a it's a it's a minor one and so paul it's not like it's not like paul ends up finishing a sermon and says oh by the way let me ask you for money he says now the text guys seems to indicate that this was a smaller issue concerning the collection of the saints oh okay okay So, if you're taking notes, okay, you need to jot this down. Paul is going to answer an issue involving the church at Corinth, both major and minor. So, you go, okay, okay. So, Pastor Ben's not just picking verse chapter 16 and saying, hey, we need to ask for money. No, no, no. I'm teaching you what the scripture says. And you ask me, Ben, why is this important? Why? Because we have to stay in context the context of the scripture, and not allowing our hearts to think that the church is all about money. It's all about money. You go, Ben, I got a question. Where does Calvary stand on the issue of money? I'm glad you asked. Okay, let me just set the record straight. Number one, we believe where God guides, God provides. We really believe that. In the last 16 years, church, we have never missed a rent payment. We have never had our utilities shut off, or you guys have been amazing. But it's by—I mean, there are times I've got to be honest with you. There are times I'm like, and then all of a sudden, boom! God shows up in an amazing way. So, where God guides, God provides. Okay, I look around and I just—it blows—it just blows me away. That's where we believe. Number two, we teach the Bible. Okay. And we'll talk about money when it comes up in the scripture. There are times when uh, I was handed the offerings and I'm like, you know what? I need to do a series on money. No, we need to teach the scripture. And when it comes up, we'll teach it and we'll teach it as best we can, but we'll teach it in context. That's what we do. Now, number three, let me just say this. Okay. We are not afraid to ask for money to meet the needs of the people. We're not afraid. See, when we first came out at Calvary Chapel it was like, Oh, don't don't talk about money. But but I've come to learn in the last sixteen years that if the body doesn't know about the need, how are they going to fulfill a need? And that was real happen. We had an opportunity to expand our children's ministry. I stood up before the church and I said, Hey, we need five grand to finish out the building. And guess what, God? I mean they, they responded. So we're not afraid, but we're not just gonna ask for money. But we will ask for money to meet the needs of the people. Did you did you hear Robert Hall's letter? He said, Listen, if you can give that stimulus, you don't need it. You're 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 like more than fine. Then we could take that money and we can meet the needs of of, of, of people. People that are now four weeks out of work. Number four. Where does Calvary stand? Guys, we're not afraid to teach on tithing and offerings. Okay? Why? I have seen firsthand how God blesses. I have been on both of the receiving ends of, of, oh, man, we need to tithe, and we're barely making it, and things are not going well, to where we're just giving the first fruit hilariously, and God is just overwhelming. I've seen it. So I'm going to teach because it's biblical, guys, a tithe and an offering. Now, I could, I, could almost, I could almost hear you. Well, Ben, the New Testament doesn't teach tithing. That's an Old Testament concept. Well, okay, so we'll drop to 10% of the New Testament or the Old Testament, and we'll teach what the New Testament teaches, which is 100%. God says, give it all. Okay, so don't turn me off. Don't turn me off. Okay, calm down, calm down. Let's just jump into the text, okay? So this is is where we are as far as money, okay? As we come to chapter 16, Paul is again responding to a letter written to him. He has addressed the major issues and now he has one final issue to talk about. What's that? In the final chapter, he's gonna give instructions concerning the offering, listen to me, to the poor saints in Jerusalem. But we can pull out a lot from here. Look at verse one of chapter 16. Paul writes, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, you must do also, okay? What's the very first thing that jumps out from the text? Well, let me point it out to you, okay? I want you to look at the text and I want you to circle the word for saints. You go, why? Because I love that Paul employs the word saints. You go, what do you mean? Listen, these were poor people in Jerusalem. These were, these, these were very poor people in Jerusalem. And yet Paul doesn't say, Man, you know what? What about the money of the poor people? They've got poor people. He calls them saints. And I love this. Why? Because they're just as equal as anybody else. Paul sees them as saints. And you go, Ben, what's a saint? What's a saint? Because like I grew up in where, where we had special statues that were saints. Right, and you pray to them, or you made the sign of the. I mean, they're they're saints, and here, here's what it is. You ready? A saint is anyone who has put their faith in God. Anyone that's a saint, isn't that crazy? Y'all are saints. You may not act like saints, like me. I don't sometimes I don't act like a saint, but by, by the way the Lord looks at us, it's it's saints, and I, I love that. Right? Because now we have Saint Bethany. How cool is that? Saint Jesse. Okay, we have Saint Alex. Now this is a, this is an unusual one. Saint Soph. Man, that's unusual. Saint, hey, Saint Soph, all right? So that's what he says. He says, now concerning the collection for the saints. I don't see him. I mean, I know they're hurting, but I don't see them any different. Guys, we need to make sure that we don't see people any different, that we see them through the eyes of the Lord. And how Lord, how we could how we could see people, whether they're plus six million or minus six million, that we could see them as saints. So what's the problem? He says, Man, we, we, we gotta talk about the collection, guys. The collection. You go, what is that? That's the offering. Okay, so we need to understand the, the context of the collection. Who were they? Well, we know that they were, they were getting, as Paul went through his missionary journeys, he would, he would tell the churches that there needed a, a collection to help the poor saints. In, now, I call them poor. He just calls them saints, but they were poor people. Okay, but they were for God's people. They were for God's people. A famine had hit Jerusalem. People were, were were really hungry. They didn't know where it ends me. And, 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 and I mean, it's so similar to today. Now, you have people who go, man, listen, I haven't been affected. God is good. I'm working. He's just amazing. It's just a blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And then I know, I know we have people watching, and I know we have people out there. We know somebody, and they're like, you know what? Man, I don't. <sighs> and they're really struggling because they, they haven't made any money. And they don't know how they're going to pay their bills. And you guys know this, right? What happens? The rent stops, and they don't know what's going to happen. And the thing about it is, is again, a stimulus might just be just enough to, for, 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 for a week or so. And so Paul says, no, no, we need to collect. We need to collect some money because there are some people that are hurting in Jerusalem. And I want and I want to give it to relieve the believers as part of the suffering. I want, there, was a, there was a famine and a natural disaster. Now, when I read the text, that's why I felt so compelled, church, listen to me, to share the email I got from Pastor Robert. That's why I felt like, right? Because we're we're in a stressful time in our world. And I know people have lost their jobs. And now, not only that, but think about this, guys. They're struggling okay and and they have kids at home, and you need to understand, okay kids they're hungry because two out of the three meals they got that day was usually at school, and we don't think about that stuff, we don't think right so so mom and dad could maybe afford man dinner and they had dinner when they got home, but they they the majority of what they ate was was breakfast at school, and now they don't have school and And that's why I feel like we need to be, that's why I feel like we need to be part of the offensive, guys. See, not just in, okay, we need enough to keep the, the church open, but we need to have an abundance to go, man, this is what we need to do. Let's let's buy groceries here, let's have gift cards here, let's be able to, let's be able to help people. Let's be able to help people. Why? Why? because I really want people to see in this time that God does care about them. What have we learned? What have we learned in the past month? Let me tell you what I've learned. We've learned that the church doesn't exist within these walls. But our church exists to offer hope to the hopeless. Courage to those who are fearful. To bring relief to those who are wondering where and how they're going to pay their bills or get groceries. That's why we exist. Now, you may not know this, or you might know this, but you realize that my Jesus, he talked about money as well. He did. As a matter of fact, if you're taking note, you can jot this down. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. He says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This is what my Jesus said. Now, let me just say this first and foremost. This is not a promise that if you give a dollar, he's going to give you a hundred back. Okay, well, praise God. Listen, if you give a dollar, what he's simply saying, guys, is that we need to have a heart that's eager to give and watch God bless us so much in ways that we've never imagined. When we first started the church, I think I shared with Jesse a few months ago. When we first started the church, guys, we, um, our family experienced a really tough time. Okay, we had just amount of savings, and we were we were uh, I was working, and and Natalie was homeschooling our kids, and and we went through a really a really tough time financially, and I'll never forget how God showed up in just amazing ways. And you know, when you're in a tough time, things happen like like you 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 can barely make ends meet, and then your refrigerator breaks, and you're just like, no, oh my goodness, that happened to us. Okay, that happened to us, and, and it's just like, you know, you're just walking going, God, is this really happening? But I've seen God show up in such an amazing way, guys, that just like that, how how all of a sudden somebody goes, hey, by the way, you know, I, I've i been praying for you. This is a true story. I've been praying for you, and the Lord put this money in my heart, so you can buy a new refrigerator. What? I mean, God did that. God, I mean, guys, we would we would struggle so much that that um, all of a sudden there'd be an envelope in the agape box that said Martinez's, and it was enough that week for groceries. I mean, I mean, I'm telling you, I've seen it, and God showed up in ways. And and oftentimes we think, well, I'm going to go to the mailbox and I'm going to there's going to be a check, but sometimes God doesn't do that, does He? He shows up with a... I'll never forget this one time. I'll never forget. The kids were little, and um, we didn't have milk. We didn't have milk. And this was was in New Mexico, and I remember looking, and I remember Nathalie praying, Lord, the kids don't have milk, and they're real little, and and I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden, she, she went to the door, opened the door, and there was a gallon of milk. I am not kidding you. Our, her, her best friend who lived down the road was going on vacation and knew that they, they would spoil in there for the next couple of weeks. So she thought, I'm just going to bring it and leave it for Nathalie. Only God can do that. And yet you and I, sometimes we we trip. You know, Is God going to provide? He's going to take care of us. I know I do. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Someone's like, oh, oh. But, 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 but Jesus said, no, no, no. He said, have a heart that's ready to give. Have a heart that's ready to give. He even talks about it too in, guys, in Matthew chapter 6. Here's what Jesus says. Matthew chapter six, nineteen through 21. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Why? He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is what Jesus said. Okay, And I think this is great application for us today. Why? Because it says, don't store, don't store up a bunch of stuff down here. He says, but give it so you'll have treasures in heaven. Give it. In other words, I love what people say. Make sure you send it ahead. Make sure you send it ahead. Well... If you're taking note, let me just give you a a few more scriptures to help you. Uh, Proverbs 3 and 9 says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of your crops. So that should be the mindset. I'm a believer. Now, here's what I've said at this pulpit before, guys. There should not be a disconnect between our heart and our wallet. There should not be a disconnect. We should be just as willing to lift up our hands and praise God as we are to give. And we're supposed to give, and I'll show you a little bit more how we give, but but it says we, we honor the Lord when we give. And I think we honor the Lord when we give of our money. Paul's talking about money. Can I get an amen? You go, amen. But Paul also says, but I think we need to honor the Lord when we give of our time and we give of our talents and we just honor the Lord. That's the whole point. But he says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Now, Pastor Ben, I don't have a lot of money. I don't I don't have money. I just, oof. but sometimes we need to give sacrificially as God puts us on our hearts. It's a sacrifice to go. No, I don't have it, but I'm going to give this because I trust you, Lord. But but remember, motive is key, right? We don't give and go. Well, I'm going to give my last ten dollars and hope God that I walk outside and find a hundred dollar bill on the ground. That's how you work. No, no, no. We give because God says, "Boom, just give, give." And He's going to tell us this, right? Which is the next verse, or, or the next? Uh, it's Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven. It says, "So let each one give." As he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves to chill forgiver. So what do we talk about giving? We don't come, oh, oh here you go. Give. Come on, man. Dig deeper. He doesn't want us to give grudgingly. He says, He says, Don't do it. You just give what God puts on your heart. Give what God puts in your heart, man. Don't you know what? Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. You know what that means? That means you just, that's hilariously, just, just laughing about it. That's just awesome. this, is awesome. this is so good. Why, man, I get to bless people. I get to, man, he just, think about this, guys. Think about this. If you give and we can take that money and we can bless somebody, think about that. That's, that's to all our account. And you get to heaven, Alex gets to heaven, and, and somebody goes up, Alex, thank you, bro, for what you did. And you're like, dude, I don't even know you. Did we meet? No, we never met, bro, but, but you gave. And because you gave, man, that, that church there on, on, on 42nd in Boston, it blessed me, and, and I came to know the Lord, and I went to. I just, because here's why. I was praying, God, if you're real, I really need help. And then all of a sudden, you all showed up in a big way. Seriously? I didn't even know. I didn't. Wow. Wow, because we honor the Lord with our giving. Guys, giving is godly. But listen, Paul says, so let each one gives as he purposes in his heart. We should be praying before we give. I had, I remember early on in the church, we had one person who gave two, 10% to the penny, okay? To the penny. I mean, it was every week, and, and, and it was like, oh, well, but, but maybe God wanted to do more. And we have to pray, Lord, here, here, here's what I have. Here's what I have. And what does Paul say? Paul says, now, listen, there's some saints, man, they're hurting. They've got. They've had some natural disasters. They don't, they don't. They don't have a job. Coronavirus is coming through, and they've they, they've been asked to stay home. He says, "Let's let's make a collection. Let's make sure we have enough money to go ahead and, and 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 when I go, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bless them. I'm gonna bless them. Let me ask you a question. What do you think the church at Corinth was thinking right now as he brought this issue? Is this just for us? Or do you teach that? Paul says, no, no, no. Listen, he says, I've also given orders to the churches in Galatia. You guys do this, too. He says, man, this is this is how I teach everyone. Okay, the churches in Galatia. Right. So Paul says this is how we should give. This is how, and he's not singling out one church. He's not saying, here's how he goes. He says, man, listen, I have taught the churches in Galatia. He says, the Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, all the cities in the Roman province of Galatia. He says, this is what I've taught them. This is modern day Turkey, but he says, I've taught them. Well, what does he teach them? He says, let me tell you what we should do. You guys ready? Verse two, he says, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. Okay, so what's he saying? This is this is this is really simple. He says a collection should be taken on the first day of the week, Sundays, which is where Christians met. Okay, we met, and again, it's just he goes. This is this is what this is what we need to do. As a matter of fact, Justin Martyr, if you will, in the second century, he actually reports this practice was actually followed through the churches, and this is why we do this now. Now at Calvary Chapel, guys, we have what we call agape boxes. Okay, if you come to our church, you we we won't pass the plate. And you go why? Because there was a big big deal in the '80s and the '90s, and uh, churches were just out for money, and 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 people just felt real uncomfortable, and they didn't want to come to church because they felt they were going to just. But that's so. So we moved to okay wherever wherever God guides, God provides. So we're going to put boxes there, and and that's worked real well. But Paul says, listen, when we come, we're going we're to take a collection. There's, there's hurting people out there. We're going to take a collection. And they went out on the first day of the week. And he said, this is what I've taught in all the churches. And he says, now, when are we going to do this? We're going to do it on the, and he said, the first day of the week. First day of the week. And the first day of the week is Sundays. And just a side note, this is just evidence right here that the early believers met on Sunday to celebrate Christ's resurrection. Okay. So, so this is why we celebrate on Sunday. Somebody go, no, 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 you're wrong. We need to celebrate. We need to, we need to worship on Saturday. Paul says, listen, you, worship, you can worship every single day of the week. But as believers, in keeping with Scripture, we're going to meet on Sundays. We're going to meet on Sundays. Okay? So on the first day of the week, lay aside something to give. So Why? so he wouldn't have to pass the plate when he came i think that's that's wise he wouldn't have to in other words paul's not going to be announcing hey guys we're going to have a we're going to have a thankathon when i get to corinth we're going to have a praise-a-thon when i get there we're just going to praise the lord and and we're going to just try to drum up he says no let's just let's just do this let's just have a heart that's ready to give eager to give and then just give that and when i come through it'll be it'll be all set now he's taught that in all the churches. But one of the things that I want you to see is he tells us something very important in verse two. He says, on the first day of the week, and he goes, Oh man, amen. He says, Let each one of you. You go, what does that mean? He says, He says, even those who have limited circumstances. Because are we not quick, church? Can we be honest in church? Are we not quick to go, man? I just listen, I'm I'm barely making it. I'm just not going to. Give. And Paul says, no, I'd rather you men say, listen, here's five bucks with all of my heart. Here's 20 bucks with all of my heart. Just what God purposes in your heart. But he says, listen, because it's a, it's a worship thing. It's a worship thing. And he says, let each one of you, even if you have limit, because it does something. Why? Because it brings us as family. You're part of something. And that's what Paul says. Listen, you're gonna be able to help others. Yeah, but this person gave a thousand dollars and I gave fifty. We have a thousand fifty. That's all that matters, right? That's all that matters because we're helping people. And we're not gonna go, well, see, this was only and these people. We we, we don't do that. And and it's so, it's so stinking cool. Now it doesn't say, okay that you must give 10% or else. You see, Paul says that a tithe was taught in the Old Testament, but he says each one should give, and some might be giving 7%, others can give 20%. Here's the point. You ready? Let each one give something. Let each one give something after prayer. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to give? We've all heard stories, guys. We've, I've, I've heard stories where, where a businessman decided to to try to outgive God, and he said, "Okay, I'm going to give 20 percent," and God blessed his business. And he said, "I'm going to give 30 percent," and God blessed his business. And he was up to he was living on 10 percent, giving 90 away, and, and he he said, "I made more money on 10 percent." than I ever did with 90. Now, I'm not telling you that. I'm just sharing a story about what God can do. But the purpose is that every one of us has to pray and ask God what we should do, what we should do. Now, the point is, let each one give something. But another point I need to bring up, you go, what's that? When it comes to giving, there's two ways. You have tithing, what we call general tithing in the church, and offering. And an offering. Okay. Those are two different things. You go, what do you mean? Okay. In the Old Testament, a tithe, guys, is basically 10% or a tenth of your income. That's a tithe. And that should go to your local fellowship in which you're being fed. Okay. That's a tithe. Okay. I'm part of this church. I make a hundred dollars a week. I give 10 bucks to the church. That's a tithe. An offering is above and beyond a tithe. That's something God puts in your heart, and you go, hey, guess what? I received an extra 500 bucks. I'm going to give 250 to that. What do you want to do with it? Just give it to the Lord, whatever he wants to do. Whatever he wants to do. Guys, think about, I mean, think about the gospel. You're helping the gospel go out. Every time you give a tithe to the local fellowship, You're helping salaries, you're helping children's ministry, you're helping, I mean, but you're also helping get the gospel out because part of our radio program goes all around West Texas. And part of the podcast, you guys realize we pay for podcasts, so so people all over the world are hearing the word of God, and it's not just me. Brother Jesse this morning prayed, he said, it's such a... It's such a joy that we can gather together as strengths, every one of us, and, and get the God. And I think that's the same way. I think it's the same way. Why? Because there are times I'm sitting here, and they're doing stuff behind the, and the sounds and all this, and I'm just like, brr, brr, brr. I, I have no idea what they're doing. But that's their gifts. That's their talents. I look at my daughter playing guitar. I started playing guitar before her. And she's got a gift, and she's just moving just like, And I I wish I could do that, but that's her gift. But then God has gifted me to illuminate the scriptures and present it in a way where everybody's like, amen, amen. So a tithe, guys, helps us just, oh, what a beautiful thing. An offering is above and beyond that. What is Paul doing? Paul is saying, let's make sure we take an offering. You still got to support the church at Corinth, but let's make sure that the saints... They have theirs. They have theirs. Because when I come, guys, I don't want to stand before you behind the pulpit and say, okay, listen, (sighs) the church over in Galatians, they were real good to give. But what's wrong with you guys? So he's addressing an issue. Okay? Maybe the pastor said, listen... We're, we're barely making it. We don't have enough. I mean, we're, we're kind of scared. And Paul says, no, guys, you, you need to do this. Look at verse 3. He says, and when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. But if it's fitting that I go also, they will go with me. I think this is so cool because what Paul is saying right here, he goes, after I arrive, I'll write letters authorizing whomever you delegate and send them off to Jerusalem to deliver your gift. And if you think it's best that I go along, he says, I'll be glad to travel with them. Listen to what Warren Wiersbe says about this. He says, quote, Paul has always, he was always careful about handling of money. He wanted the church-appointed representatives to assist them, lest anyone accuse him of stealing money for himself, unquote. Okay, so Paul, listen, his heart, his heart was for the gospel. He said, listen, I'm here just to just preach the gospel. I know money's part of it. I know money's part of it, but I, I, don't, I, I don't want to concern myself. Listen, you appoint some men, and uh, you represent, and if you want me to go with them to deliver the gift, I will too. Why? Because he didn't want people to go, well, we, gave, we collected 18 grand, and we gave it to Paul, and Paul, uh, we didn't ever saw it. We don't even know if the saints got it or not. No, Paul's like, no, this is what we do. This is, this is who... We, we need to give some, and, and we're also very careful here at Calvary to make sure where the money goes. We're also very careful, okay We're, we're, we're small enough now, but but, but we, we want to make sure that, that that if there's a need that we're talking about the need to be met. We have a CPA who oversees our books. And she's always over. she's always overseeing it, she looks at it, she has access to the bank accounts, she knows everything. She comes and visits every now and then because she lives in Amarillo, but she's always, she's always that. She's, she's I mean, she's amazing, but she always looks at our books. This is, what we, this is what we have, this is what we take in. this is what we got, this is what we're doing. Paul says that's important. That's so important, guys. So Paul comes up and he says, now, because it's money and because the church of Corinth is a mess, he says, I'm going to hold to the higher standard when it comes. I want to I hold that. You see, his mission was the gospel and only the gospel. And so he sets up men in place who were trustworthy to handle the collections. I think that's important. I think that's important. And he says, man, and I will send, I will send your gift to jerusalem and now you go well ben did he ever send his gift well he did because he writes to the church in rome listen to this you can either turn there or you can jot this down but it's romans chapter 15 verses 25 to 28 i'm going to read out of the new living translation but notice what he says paul says but before i come okay speaking to rome he says or speaking to come he says i must go to jerusalem before he goes to rome he says because i need to take a gift to the believers there For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this. Why? Why, Paul? Because they felt like they owed a real debt to them. How so? Since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem. They feel less they can, or at least they can do to return the help to them financially. As soon as I has delivered this money and completed this good deed of theirs, I will come to you on my way to Spain. That's what Paul writes. So, again, think about what he says. Think about what he says. He says, listen, I'm going to come to you guys in Rome, but I've got to make a, I've got to make a pit stop first. I've got, to take, I've got to take this collection. And here's why they did it. They did it. They felt so what? They were so glad because they actually felt in debt to, to them. Well, how so? Because, because of the spiritual blessing. A spiritual blessing. Think about this, guys. Think about this when it comes to money. Well, let's just even go past money. When it comes to giving of our time, our talent, our resources, our, when it comes to that, I don't want to stand before a holy God and him go, really, I give you, I've give blessed you so much. What, What's the deal? You got saved. I want to go, Lord, I want to use everything that I have everything that I am, to honor you. And if it means helping people, we have a heart. We have a heart to give. We have a heart to collect. We have a heart. And again, here's the point, guys. When it comes to giving, that's not what Calvary Chapel is all about. Calvary Chapel is about teaching the word of God. Unfortunately, we need resources we want to be on the offensive. We want to be able to help. But not only, not only in the time of... I pray I pray everybody goes back to work. I pray things are just, just rocking again in the next few months and our economy starts to come back up. But if there's a need, we want to meet the need. We want to be able to buy groceries for people. We want to be able to um, even put gas in somebody's car. We want to be able to... Uh, whatever we can do, as best we can do. I don't want to go, man, we're a small church. I, we just don't have it. I want to go, man, this is what we need to do. Amen. God is so good. Now, let me just say this to you. You guys at Calvary, you have been super amazing. You have. You have been givers beyond. I mean, just you've just blessed. And I pray you continue to do. So I say amen to you. But this is what Paul is teaching the Corinthian church. So what can we learn? Okay? Well, as we close... And the worship team makes their way back up for one final song. Um, Paul is going to talk about two, about the issue of money. He's going to talk about that later in 2 Corinthians, okay? But right now, he simply addresses the issue concerning the offerings. What's that? Okay, if you're taking note, this is, this is what we need to learn. You ready? This is good for us. We need to give with a joyful heart. We need to give with a joyful heart, Okay? Remember, you're giving to God. Who are we giving to? God. So once you drop it in the box, guess who it belongs to? God. Okay. I've had so many people over the years, guys, come up to me and go, "Here's my tithe. And here's what I want you to do with it." No, it goes in the box, and then and then the pastors and the elders and 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 we we pray what we need to do. But once you give, you give with a cheerful heart. You go. Amen, there you go. You just just do that, guys. Why? Because you honor him with your finances, and he honors your giving. That's the first one. Number two, make sure we give each week something. Let each one, let us give joyfully, respectfully, and sacrificially. That's what we need to do. Joyfully, amen. God, use this in an amazing way. Use this to bring glory to your kingdom, God. Use this, guys. We give respectfully. And we give sacrificially. What could we give up this week? Starbucks coffee. No, you know what I'm saying. What could we give up this week? Sacrificially to go And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give to the Lord I'm gonna give to the Lord Sacrificially Now Here's what I want Here's my heart You ready? I want our church Now I say our It's not my church You guys understand that It's our church I want our church To impact the streets of Lubbock How so? Oh, that we can be a blessing. That we can be a blessing. I want you for a moment, as you're watching, listening, just for a second, close your eyes and think about how we could bless Lubbock. And maybe the Lord's putting in your heart right now, hey, I want you to buy I want you to buy $50 worth of groceries for somebody. An aunt, a cousin. And here's where you <laughs> you know where my mind went just now? Well, I don't know what they like. Not, no, no. Just buy $50 worth of groceries and say, "Lord, I'm going to bless somebody." Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. Maybe you know a single mom out there that can definitely use some 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 clothes for her for her children. Maybe you purpose in your heart to to pay somebody's light bill. How are we going to impact our streets? how are we going to impact Lubbock? Lord, forgive me. I don't want to be, I don't want to have the mindset that we're a small church and that we can't make a difference because you're a big God. Number three, Lord, help us to understand that since we received a spiritual blessing, our salvation may we return the help financially. Imagine what our world would look like if we were to impact our city for Jesus through our giving. Imagine. I don't only want to give because we have this virus going around and people are struggling economically, I want to give always. Next week, guys, we're going to see Paul's plans. He's going to say about future plans and we can apply them to our future. We'll see what God has for us. And then we're going to see how Paul loves people and he says goodbye to people. But don't fret because we'll we'll jump into... We'll jump into second Corinthians very shortly. Hey, I never want to leave a broadcast. I never want to um, I never want to leave without offering you an opportunity to receive the Lord. And I know we talked about money today. we talked about honoring the Lord, but maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never made a decision for him, and you just happen to be scrolling through Facebook, and you just caught on, and and here you are. And man, it's like, man, I just been, I just couldn't turn, I just couldn't turn away. And maybe it's for this. Maybe you're here, and you need Jesus to come into your life. You need Him to forgive you of your sins, to wash you clean, to give you a new lease on life, man, to turn you around so that you follow Jesus once and for all. M- maybe, maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you grew up in church. And you've walked away from God. These past few years, you've been doing your own thing. And now he's knocking on your heart. Guys, not because of a coronavirus or what's going on in the world, but because God loves you so much, he's knocking on your heart and He's saying, hey, hey today I, wanna, I want you to come back. And see, for the last few weeks, you've been feeling like God's been far away from you, man. You've been feeling like, 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 like he's mad at you. But it's quite the opposite. God's standing with his arms open wide. He's saying, come home. I love you. Are you kidding me? You realize that that he bankrupted heaven to come to earth to save us. And he stands with his arms open wide. And you go, well, Ben, what do I need to do? Well, basically, you just need to open up your heart and invite him inside. Okay? So you might pray this prayer. You might bow your head and say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Man, I messed up. I can't do it on my own, God. I've walked away from you. but I want to come home. I feel so alone in this world, God, but with you in my heart, I'll never be alone. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you rose again on the third day. I believe you're coming back once again. And this world is scaring me. But I want the Prince of Peace to be in my heart. I want the presence of God in my life. And so I'm asking humbly, God, if you'll come into my heart, you'll live in my heart, you'll take my life, it's yours. And I'm asking you to be my Lord. Be my Lord, I give you everything. And be my God. Be my Savior. Lord, be my friend. I choose this day to follow you, Jesus. For forever, I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, the only thing I would ask you is to tell somebody. Just go to somebody and say, "Man, I got saved today. I got saved today. I gave my life to Jesus. We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to hear about it. You can go to our website. You can send us a message. You can send me an email. You can call the phone right now, and you can tell the person that answers the phone. You can say, guess what? I got saved right now. And we'll rejoice with you. Hey, listen, we've got, we've got some resources we can send you. You're not alone. So whether you're watching by Facebook or you're uh, tuning in through our website later on, or maybe you're listening to the podcast, if you've given your life to Jesus, woohoo! we rejoice with you. The Bible says that as you repented and you gave your life to him, there was a party in heaven. All the angels were just super stoked they're having a party. And we want to have a party with you. You Ben, what's that number? You can call us right now, 806-799-2227. You can just call. You can say, man, I gave my life to Jesus. If you're watching online, just go to the comments. Say, hey, I gave my life to Jesus. Everyone on those comments, everyone on listening will rejoice with you. We love you so much. We love you so much. As we worship the Lord, man, I'm praying for you. Guys, Wednesday night, we're going to be back here. Be praying. This is day five of our 15-day prayer. We love you so much. We're going to worship the Lord together. God bless you.
0: Hey, this is Pastor Josh.